Welcome to the Two Stools Podcast. My name is Connie, and on this podcast, my co-host Will and I will be talking about sports, entertainment, traveling, and many other topics. We hope you enjoy listening. Um, okay, well, let's start this off. Um, Steph Curry, um, start of the season. Uh, Warriors right now are 2-0. Um, I don't know if they're playing a game today, but... Um, they are. Oh, they are? Are they playing right now? No, they play Sacramento at 3 my time. What? Okay, probably like... 8 o'clock your time? Yeah, so... Okay, maybe I'll tune into that game. Um, but Curry, um, 21 points the first game, triple-double first game, actually. Um, but second game was awesome. 45 points, had a 20-plus point, was it first quarter? Um, yeah, 20, 25 points, I believe. Okay. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that was that – was, <sighs> I didn't see the whole game. I just watched. I, I watched that first quarter, and I watched a little bit of, uh, of uh, the second quarter. But mm-hmm. Steph Curry, man. I mean, first of all, so inspirational, um, <laughs> and he is right now off to a great start um, to the season, and the Warriors are looking good. Um, Ethan, uh, Ethan, uh, Will, what do you uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, so far it's been a season performance, but, you know, it's very important to keep in mind that we're, like, really not yeah. going to get a full sense of, of what's what the season like. January, you know, get, like, a decent idea of what it's going to be. But, like, if this is even a small indication of what's to come like for yep. sure a top mvp candidate again oh yeah for sure um and what's, i mean what's like free? just mm-hmm. yeah Look just at looking at like the clippers splits and like obviously 45 points back to back 10 rebound games is pretty like yeah considering <laughs> considering like for the going up against the Lakers first, like the size difference there, and then like oh, yeah. then the where like equally as good a defense, you know, mm-hmm. a top defense defensive team, like that's like super impressive. But then just like always his splits, man, are like so incredible. Forty five points shooting sixty four percent from field goal and then sixty one percent from three and five mm-hmm. Like, that's just absolutely gnarly. Oh, yeah. I mean, Curry, um, you know, he's a frail, I mean, not maybe not so much anymore, but he's he's definitely not a yeah. big guard. You know, like, you look at someone yeah. like a Westbrook, obviously like Luka, um, even other guys like, I'm trying to think, like, even like Chris Paul's, like Kyle Lowry, they're kind of like burlier, yeah. bigger point guards. And Curry, but mm-hmm. I, I've always noticed, like, you know, for the past, you know, six, seven years, like, with Curry, like, what he wants to, he's actually a pretty good rebounder. 
like yeah. not for he's... his for his size and his position. I mean, not to say that he's like a great rebounder in general, but it's just for his position and what he does. I mean, he's a he's a he's a solid rebounder. Yeah, like it, going like side to side with like another player trying to get the rebound, like he's probably going to get beat. But I think the biggest difference I notice when I watch him rebound is he's just like so smart about where to be on the court. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's the kind of thing, like, I'm sure to some degree, like, uh, I don't know if you remember how Dennis Rodman used to say, like, he would look at, like, teammates' shot forms and, like, look at the way that the ball would rotate so he could kind of mm-hmm. get an idea. Like, yeah, if it's if it's something like that where it's just such a high basketball level IQ, uh, IQ that, like, he understands enough of all of that to be, like where he needs to be to get boards. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I mean, I, I agree. He's very smart. Um, Fonzo, what do you think? Uh, how do you think Curry's been so far? Um, basically what you guys are saying, you know, I'm looking at the stats here, you know, he had 10 rebounds in both games. Um, I think what I'm noticing though, is that in his 45 point game, he had six turnovers and one assist. Now when mm-hmm. you score that points, you don't really need to get assists, right? Cause they won. Yeah. But, um, even in the first, like, yeah, 10, 10 assists, right? But also four turnovers. So I'm, I'm looking at, like, 10 turnovers to 11 assists. It's not the best ratio, but I think as time goes on, you know, first two games of the season, he's doing great. Uh, good field goal percentages, um, good rebounds, good assists, and all that. So, yeah, I think he's off to a good start. And like I will said, if this is just, like, a um, small glimpse of what we could see, like, for him to continue in the future, um, it's definitely going to be a show. That's going to be for sure. And even in the preseason game, you know, doing like 56%, 50%, 45% and 40%, like all mm-hmm. of them. You know what I mean? So he's showing yeah. consistency in his shot. So that's always a good sign. So I definitely think he's on for a really good. Yeah. Sure. And I think like to the defense, like what you're saying with the assists and the turnovers deal, like as a team, I think last year they were first in team assists in over 30 and I think they're averaging close to that too but they are averaging like a lot of turnovers and I think part of that has to be said like the style of basketball that they're trying to play right they're trying to play that strength in numbers like pass to the next open man style of basketball and I think like they've shown glimpses of that for sure especially in the Lakers game and then I think the turnover something that like just over time they're for sure going to be working on like I've heard them talk about like yeah we need to get the the turnovers down and so like in my mind that's something like yeah they're going to work on that throughout the year and get that down yeah yeah, I mean they have some veterans involved now uh, off the bench, and um, that can um, you know they're going to have to get into the system a little more and understand how to play. But I think this this team, I'm really excited to see how the Warriors do this year. And right now they're they're playing tough. Played two, I mean two teams right now. Um, you know are good teams. I mean Lakers right now are sh- struggling a little bit. I mean but many people have them going to the finals and the Clippers 
they're going to be most likely a playoff team, even with without Kawhi. Mm-hmm. So this is a a uh, you know good couple wins, and um, you know it's exciting where where the Warriors are going, um, especially when they get Kaminga back and uh, Wiseman, and um, see how they contribute. And uh, obviously, Clay is the biggest piece. And you know, a few months we'll mm-hmm. see uh, how well he does. Because I mean, the biggest question is. Is he going to be 50% clay? Is he going to be 75% clay? Is he going to be 90% clay? Is it, wh- wh- Where are we going to be at with him at this point? And if he's somewhere in that 75 to 90 range, people need to look out because the Warriors mm-hmm. are going to be tough to stop. But, you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting, um, <clears throat> you know, to say the least. Did, did you guys see the video where uh... – uh, I think it was Steph and Draymond had the the Warriors staff put a number seventy seven jersey in Clay's yeah. locker for the 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 seventy five all time. I think like obviously that's hilarious, but I think the thing that kind of stands out to me with that is like how how much like how happy and how much fun like all of them are having as a team. And yeah. like you just contrast that couple different locker rooms around the league, and like specifically, the two that kind of come to mind quickly are the Nets with Kyrie, uh, the Sixers with Ben Simmons, where it's like these contender teams, but just have like some locker room issues going on. But then you look at like a team like the Warriors, where like we know what the Warriors culture is, and yeah what it can be and like we've seen that in the past and then to see it now is like such a hopeful sign of like okay like these guys are trying to win yeah that's true um so along with curry um you know his performances have been so um now i want to know from i'll start with fonzo on this one um where I want to ask you first, where do you rank Curry in the best players in the league? Um, and and maybe what you think it would take for him to win the MVP um, this year? Um, that's your first question. He's probably – he's definitely top five. I don't know mm-hmm. how high he's top five because obviously, you know, you have Giannis, KD, LeBron. Three probably right now, um, but I probably rank him fourth right now. Okay. As as of right now, I still think those three I named before are above him. And right. All that, but I'm look. I'm trying to look up Steph's MVP um, seasons right now to see what he mm-hmm. averaged, see what he could do now. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, like obviously with. Uh... The 15 16 season, like it was, I think 30 points a game. It was like 35 and 5, I think, but it was on 50 40 90 shooting splits, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe. Let's see. Because it seems like Curry has been working an awful lot on his shooting. Like, we already know he does that, but, like, I've been seeing a lot of videos and, like, reports of him, like, 
perfecting it like to like to the extreme now like have you guys heard that like his coach is like unless it's a squish it doesn't count or something like that yeah, so it's yeah not just a squish but it also has to be down the middle of the hoop so yeah, it's like that's crazy i mean to yeah. go from like to, to think that like oh yeah my shooting isn't good enough it can go even better is just um i mean just another reason why he's the best shooter of all time right yeah no, mm-hmm Um, I I think, like, the biggest question, obviously, within, like, what is everyone else going to do, right? And, like, you can, he can have an incredible performance. He he was, you know, top three for MVP, but, I mean, he was shooting 48% from field goal 42 from three on i think 12 attempts a game mm-hmm. was what he yeah 12.7 attempts per game of three pointers like absolutely ridiculous 91.6 percent from the line and averaging 32 points for the season like that gets you snuffed <laughs> so i mean you know a lot of that was the conversation around the Warriors as a team, you know, where they placed within the seating and all of that. And, like, I do think if they would have placed six or better, like, he probably would have won just based off that tear that he had in April and May. But yeah, there are a lot of things that are kind of seem to be aligned falling into place this year Mm -hmm. that – like, I think just the biggest question now is like, can he he repeat his performance? And it's looking like he can. And then like, I think all these other things are going to be falling into place, like where the Warriors land as a team, and how far they're going to make it into the playoffs. You know, I'm yeah. very hopeful that I don't think he there's any way that he can not finish within at least like the run for MVP so far. So, I agree. I mean, I, I, I have him definitely as a top five hopeful for MVP. Um, my biggest question with Curry this year is, and it kind of goes off of what you're saying, that can he continue from what he did last year? Because really what it was is that he played like the best player in the league the second half of the season. First mm-hmm. half of the season was really good still, but second half of the season was like – amazing and if he yeah second that second half was like historical yeah historically amazing and if he can the run that that, he the run that he had for uh 10 three-pointers made in the game like absolutely crazy and far and away like i think he's 16 he's 21 total for his career but the next person i think is like five or six yeah, like, like I think it's Clay too, or something like that, or Harden. I think maybe. I think Clay and Harden are tied. Yeah, it's 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 utterly ridiculous what what Curry's done with shooting. But um, my question for Curry is, how well is he going to play when Wiseman comes back in the lineup? Because mm-hmm. that was something that, if people want to admit it or not, it did hinder his stats a little bit in some ways. Um. 
and the overall team. I I think that it's it's not really an indictment on either. I just think that you got a rookie playing with a a proven vet, and he needs to learn how to play within the system. So if if yeah. Wiseman can can play within the system well, I think that Curry can definitely win the MVP. I think that that's very possible. If he's still struggling with just being in the right position on offense and and knowing when to pick and roll and yada yada yada, um, because honestly, like he, Curry plays really well with Looney in the lineup at center, mm-hmm. but yeah. Looney is not a shooter. Like, yeah, he does not shoot at all. Wiseman can shoot. Not, I wouldn't say he's a great shooter, but he he can shoot. But if he can play even like how Looney does offensively where he just cleans up the boards and does well in pick and roll sets. I mean, we're looking Curry, we're looking at Curry from late last year and like this is going to be a great, you know, season and and a possible MVP honors for him, so. Yeah, I think like the biggest the two biggest things that like I can say to that is like with Wiseman obviously a huge potential talent and so like you want to get him minutes and you want to get the ball into his hand right and let him like like see what he can do and i think a part that played into that is just the fact that as a team and like the quality of the bench last year was just low overall and so that was like, yeah. well, we we kind of just need to see what we can do. Like as a team, the Warriors were shooting pretty terrible from three, mostly because of Ubre shooting like historically bad for the start of the season. And so uh-huh. I think a huge difference, a huge difference now is like the depth of the bench is just like way deeper, and. You know, you got to give credit to Bob Myers for going out and getting, like, these free agents to come in that, like, you know, we'll play overall throughout the season. But so far, like, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good fit. Yep. Oh, for sure. I, I like I like the additions for sure. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting for Curry um, this year. What do you want to say, Will? I just wanted to, like – talk about for a moment like because the question more so was like curry have to do to be you know to win the mvp for this year right and i wanted to more so ask like i think you and me both as the second best player under k uh what do you think it would take for him to be at least like heavily considered for that number one spot like the best player in the world, like what what would mm-hmm. he have to do in order to get that honor? Well, I, okay. Well, first of all, I want to clarify: I do have Durant and Giannis over Curry overall. Oh, you you had? Yeah, I do have Curry third. So okay, if Curry is at that point, if for me to consider him by season's end, um. I mean, he would have to – I'd really have to think about some things. I think an MVP 
would really help his case to solidify himself. Mm-hmm. But being the best player doesn't mean winning the MVP either. Um, it also means your mm-hmm. playoff success and how well you do. It, it all depends on a lot of situational stuff, you know, where Clay's at, how well the team's playing. I'm, I'm just saying if the Warriors get into the finals this year and win or lose, Curry plays great. I think that, that that would be enough for me to be like, yeah, he's the best player in the world right now. But th- that, and that's just for me. You know, everyone has their own opinion on that. I just feel like getting to the finals, even if he doesn't win an MVP for the regular season, if he gets into mm-hmm. the finals and he plays against the Nets or the Bucks or another team and win or lose, but he just balls out, there's no doubt mm-hmm. people are going to have to look at him like, okay. They lost, but this this guy might be the best. This guy is still the best player in the league right now. So that that's where I'm at. Um, what about you, Will? I think we should go to Fonz first before I give oh, yeah, yeah. my take. No, I I mean basically what Connie said. I basically agree with. I think that even if he doesn't win the MVP, but um, what did you say you had to do, Connie? Sorry. Like, what was, yeah. Well, I just said I think he he should be. Um, you know, somewhere maybe like an MVP finalist, you know, oh, okay, top yeah. three, top five, but also um, uh, get into the finals and um, play well in the finals. So that that's where I'm at with Curry. Okay. If... Okay. okay. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think, I don't think he has to get all the way to the finals for him to prove himself. I think if, look, it's, well. So the. Not for him to prove himself, what would he have to do to be considered the best player in the world? I think if he got to the Western Conference Finals, I think he'd prove himself enough. I don't think he has to make it to the Finals to prove himself like enough, but I think I think if he made it to the Western Conference Finals, that would be enough for me to be like, okay, this guy is definitely up there, especially if he's an MVP finalist or even if he wins it. You know what I mean? So I think okay, okay. So I think, like, the thing that I think is kind of a hard conversation around it is there's things that he could do or come close to doing, but is he actually going to do them, right? And you can only see that at, like, the end of the season. Like, okay, he did prove to do, like, all of these things to it, right? Yeah. I think, like, it's pretty him to put up, like, 28 points for this season. That's, like, I think pretty reasonable considering what he's done so far for the season. If you just look at, like, his kind of career averages for, uh, like, he'll probably finish around five or six. He's going to probably finish, like he always does, a shooting close to a 50, 40, 90. Yeah. which is, like, pretty incredible. But I think if he can finish top three in MVP, and then if he were to go to the finals, win the finals, and then win finals MVP, like, oh, man. that would be – it would be pretty hard to, like, to to not say that he's the, the best player in the world. Like, 
got his fourth championship and then finally got a finals MVP to go along with that, like, I think would be pretty impressive. And then there's like a lot of stats that like, I think he's just going to continue to build on throughout the season. Like he is going to break the three pointers made all time list. He's 131, I think away from that, like this year. And he'll so get that by, he'll get that by the end of November. Just kidding. <laughs> Bro. No, no, just kidding. Like, no, but... <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a chance that he could be around there by, like, the All-Star break. Like, if he breaks that and then, like, starts to pull away, like, closer, like, setting himself farther and farther away from, like, the number two spot, right? Like, yeah. I think there are all these accolades that are going to add up at the end of the day, the end looking back, you're going to be like, dang, is he the best player in the world? Yeah. I mean, I, I if he wins those things, like you mentioned, um, there's going to be, I think, even a different question outside of, is he the best player in the world right now? It's going to go into, who's is he the best point guard of all time? Because there's already uh-huh. that debate between a lot of people and I would say safely, I would say 80% of people, maybe like 90% of people still have Magic Johnson as number one. But if Curry does that without Durant and with Clay having gone through all these injuries and yada, 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 people are really going to start looking around like, okay, maybe he could be the best point guard of all time. So mm-hmm. that that would be like <laughs> the next question. But, you know, that's something that, uh well obviously we'll have to, to kind of wait and see like i said is you look at like those milestones and stats that he would have to accomplish and you're kind of like can he do it but when you his career stats and all of that and like he's for the most part come very close like consistently to doing all those things year after year and so you're like yeah it's Definitely within the realm of possibility. Like, if there's anyone in the league that can accomplish all those things, like, it's probably him. Yeah. No, it's true. Curry's a special player, man. I'm so glad that the Warriors have him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're so happy, man. Um, Yeah, Yeah. so. Anything else you want to say about that, Fonzo? No, no, I mean, it all makes sense. I think it's good. Okay. Okay, so we're going to switch up our combos on uh, podcasts. We've usually been talking about sports, but now we're going to head into something a little different, something we're really interested in as well, and um, that is the Batman trailer. And um, I wanted to kind of get your opinion, Fonzo, on it. Um, What did you think of the Batman trailer? Um, I definitely liked it. Um, I definitely think um, it's going for a darker tone, which Batman uh-huh. in his earlier years. And I think we all Batman in his earlier years were way, was way more like violent and didn't know how to like control himself as much as he does later in the comics. Yeah, because like he doesn't like the trailer. Like it doesn't matter what happens to me. So like he's so dedicated to the mission and trying to. Because we don't even know. The thing is, too, we don't even know what really is the plot. We just know Riddler's in the movie. So is Penguin and Catwoman. But, like, you don't know what's happening, really, I noticed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They capture 
Butler, right? And he's in prison. Bowen's talking to him, but like we don't know what happened. Why is he chasing Penguin and all this? So I think once we get more trailers or TV spots or something like that, we'll get more of a you know look into what the plot is. But so far, I really like it. You know, I like the the fight scenes. I like how he's bulletproof. I like how he's more like violent, more like the Arkham games. Yeah. So I definitely think it looks like a good movie to watch. It's gonna has a lot of potential. A lot of potential. Yeah. Will, uh, your thoughts? Did you see the trailer? It, yes, I did. Many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, we all saw that many times. A lot of... <laughs> a lot of... ...saying, like, the vibe that they're going for. I think the mis- the, mystery, the mystery part about it that they're going for within the trailer, really like the fact that they're not showing uh, Paul Dano. Yeah. Like, not showing yeah. his face as the Riddler and not giving a, like, like, driving plot of, like, what's going to be going on, you know, I think is going to be interesting. And I do think, like, I get the vibe because they show in the trailer, like, right away that uh, uh, the Riddler gets arrested, right? I think that that's going to yeah. be, like, fairly early in the movie is the vibe that I get. And then it's going to be the kind of thing like we're going to see Batman go and talk to the Riddler in prison, right? And then that's going to be like a driving point throughout the movie of like he goes and talks to him. He gets like a riddle basically. And then I think Batman's going to have to go out and like do more of a detective vibe. Like, you can see a lot of the influence that they're taking from the Arkham games. And I really hope that the combat side of it, like, the fighting is, like, a lesser role in the movie. And that they take more of, like, the detective, like, moving in the shadows, like, avoiding conflict type of, uh, uh, like, pace to it. Yep. And like we'll see what happens. Like obviously these they've shown the scenes where like he goes and fights like the gang of like Joker in person I call him. Um but I really hope that that's just like a smaller part of the movie and that like the detective like like I said moving around in the shadows part is like a bigger uh chunk of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I, I, um, I'm so excited for this movie, man. Like, <laughs> I'm so pumped up for this film because it's, I've always been a big fan of Batman. Um, but I would say ever since Arkham Knight came out and I enjoyed that game, I, um, I've become a little bit less of a fan of Batman maybe since then. Um, I think maybe it's just because of the way that they handled Batman with uh, Batman versus Superman and, and Justice League. I just, not like I don't mind Ben Affleck as Batman, but I just was, it, I wasn't feeling what they were given. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I, um, so I just kind of lost a little bit of interest in that. But watching this trailer, you know, the first trailer that came out almost a year ago was a great start. But then this new one, um, like Afon said, I really liked how um, they're not giving too much of the story away. It's yeah. 
you you know the characters you know there's batman you see catwoman penguin and and um and the riddler but um you don't really know what is driving the riddler to do this you don't know you know i've heard some stuff that the penguin this is just he isn't really considered the penguin yet that's just kind of like a nickname some people give him because of obviously kind of the way he walks and stuff like that but this isn't mm-hmm. him as like full-on you know penguin in a tuxedo kind of a thing uh-huh. like he's still like an underground mob boss and so i i think that batman himself um first of all when people were saying that robert pattinson shouldn't have been batman i was like have you seen his other films like Outside of Twilight, everyone looks at it was like, "Oh, this is Twilight Boy, this is just Twilight Boy." He's gonna start, you know, when light hits him, he's gonna start, you know, reflecting like diamonds. It's like people don't understand like how good of an actor he really is. And uh-huh. as a young Bruce Wayne, I think he fits perfectly as a young Bruce Wayne, young Batman. And um, I would say my biggest, my, my one of my biggest concerns for the movie was how was he going to do with the voice of Batman? Uh-huh. Because that's always been something a little tricky for the past 20 years or so. You had the Christian Bale version and then you had Ben Affleck and Christian Bale's one is pretty hilarious. <laughs> like It's pretty hilarious. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> it, it, it fits, but it's just kind of like yeah. there's some points where I'm like it's just kind of like it's just kind of funny to me like how much his voice must hurt after doing those talks for sure and then there's like the moments where you're is someone like it's Mm -hmm. such a nasally like low growl that you're kind of like what the hell is going on here and then there's (laughs) other times where like it does fit pretty good and i think the, the thing of like he would use his voice he would kind of be like a mouth breather too yeah (laughs) i think kind of deterred from it too yeah like i think that kind of deterred from it but with the the whole robert pattinson like fitting with it i i do agree that like i think understand how good of an actor he actually is and I think a lot of it is going to, like, determine on how they choose to go about the character. Yep. And what I mean by that is you kind of have to look at them as almost two separate characters, right? You have to look at Batman as being one character and then Bruce Wayne another. Yep. And I think other movies have done, like... Uh, like Christian Bale's Batman did like an okay job of doing this within the comics of like they basically say that like Batman is like the actual person who and Bruce Wayne is kind of like just him acting in some sense yep it like the Bruce Wayne persona is the fake person right basically is what they say and I think that like the Dark Knight trilogy kind of started to lean towards that, especially by like the second and third film. Yeah. But 
I think a lot of other Batman movies have kind of failed in that regard where it's like it's Bruce Wayne trying to be Batman. And yeah. I think if they if they try and come at it and it looks like they kind of are trying to come at it from the sense of like he's Batman first and then like Bruce Wayne is just him like acting basically to appease the public. I think if yep. they come at it from that sense, like it's going to be a really good performance. Oh, for sure. I I like the idea too, especially since this is a younger Bruce Wayne, uh, that he, because one of the things that's kind of put me off about Man, Man, Batman is that, like, in some iterations you'll see like Batman being like this tough, gritty guy, and then like the very next scene you see him as like Bruce Wayne billionaire. He acts like all like elegant and like smart, like like nothing happened, like like half an hour ago like he just yeah really murdered someone and then like half an hour later he's like at a uh showroom or something like that an art show and he's just chilling around like walking it's like i've kind of always felt like that's a little bit um i mean it all this stuff is kind of like ridiculous anyways but i always kind of felt yeah realistic <laughs> like just mm-hmm. in terms of like yeah i mean it's, it's a little crazy anyways but that it makes a little more sense that he, especially if this is like his second year as Batman, like this isn't Batman year one. This is like Batman year two mm-hmm. and that he's established already. Like the, the city knows him, you know, the news knows him, but he doesn't care so much about being Bruce Wayne. He just wants to be like, I'm Batman. This is what I do. And I, I don't really care too much about, my other persona and I, I just hope that they kind of go down that route more and more and maybe because from what I heard they're going to make this a trilogy okay and yeah. if they make it if by the third one or maybe even towards the second half of the second one you currently start seeing him mature a little bit more where he starts realizing that there is a little bit of importance to being Bruce Wayne you know that he that he plays a part in another way as Bruce Wayne because Batman isn't just B- Batman does its part, but Bruce Wayne also has a part, and I want to mm-hmm. see them kind of go into that as well because that's that's something that they should tackle a little bit because he is a billionaire, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if he likes it or not, he's he's got a bunch of money and he can do things with it. And he's got power, so. You know, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see what they do with that. Um, but um, yeah, um, yeah, I think a part of it too that I want to see them like step away from is there was with like the DC cinematic stuff, they were trying to go for kind of the same humor, comedic vibe that like Marvel movies have gone for. Where it's yeah. kind of like, it's kind of this slapstick humor, kind of like, it fits for Marvel movies because that's what it's been from the start. Yeah. But like, when you watch like Batman versus Superman or uh, Justice League, it's these like one-liners that like, just kind of rub me the wrong way a little bit, uh-huh. where... Like, I do think there is a place for Batman to, like, provide some comedic relief. 
but I think the comedic relief comes from him being like this dark, mysterious character that just like that doesn't break character from that, right? Where like specifically with Ben Affleck's Batman, you see him kind of like like you were saying, like one minute he's this like super aggressive like combative Batman and then the next it's like he's kind of joking with his friends it's like that just doesn't fit to me with the overall like what Batman is yes and so I really hope that like they go back to this like darker very like monotone like can't read him Batman yeah yeah um one thing I'm I really hope that they don't do in this new Batman movie is I, I swear and I pray to God that it, <laughs> they better not introduce, do anything with the Joker in this, in this Batman. Yeah. I, nothing against him. I want to see him eventually in the trilogy. I just don't want to see him in this one. I don't mm-hmm. want to, I, and I don't even want to like, you can give subtle hints, subtle hints in the movie, but like, I don't want to even see a like, so there's this clown going around the city and it's like oh, come on please like can we just like <laughs> keep it between batman and the villains he's going against yeah and because honestly if the, it, since the plan is to make this a trilogy you don't want to because you you don't want to um make the best villain batman you know bat, best batman villain joker in the second movie or even in this movie Mm-hmm. Like I, I think it should be a lead up in the last film, personally. Yeah, it's it's there's, it's, it's there's that. You, 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 yeah, you say what you're saying. Well, when you look at like uh, the old Batman movies, like with uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah, I wanted to say Christopher Reeves, but that's Superman. But with Michael <laughs> yeah. Keaton and like you even look at like the Val Kilmer ones. There's this theme of having like two to three villains for every movie yeah and i think that that would fit kind of good within this context and they're kind of doing that like with the riddler and with the penguin right and kind of with catwoman too she's kind of like a anti-hero anti-villain whatever you want to call it type but i think if they continue that and I would really like to see them do some of, like, the other villains that haven't been done in a while. Uh-huh. Like, I I think there's, like, it's going to be hard to kind of iterate and not make it goofy, but, like, uh, Dr. Freeze is, like, a pretty oh, good character, Freeze, I think. Or Mr. Freeze, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is a doctor, but Mr. That's, Freeze. That's also true, too. Right? I guess it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> get mis- mr freeze and uh let's not cast arnold schwarzenegger as him uh <laughs> oh, this time goodness uh, like mr freeze and then like i don't even know i think in the the last one that they did with mr freeze the other villain was poison ivy we don't do that again but there are these lists of There's other the villains too, that they can pretty cool yeah, like, that's, that's true. Ridiculous, but like he's um, psychedelic though. If they had him, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, there's Scarecrow too. Um, I'm a little bit scarecrowed out though because they had him in the 
first one and the third one. Like not in the third one really of the Christopher Nolan one, but he was the main villain yeah. in, the first, uh, in the first one. But if you play the Batman Arkham games, he was the main yeah he's villain a bigger part. One. And I just kind yeah. of felt like a little sick of him. I mean, maybe in the movie it'd be pretty cool, but um, I think you'd have to take it from like the standpoint of like with this one, the Riddler is like the clear main character right and then like the penguin yeah. seems to be like the side the side villain and so like i think you have to approach it like you have your main villain and then you have like the side villain there or even like uh-huh. i know <laughs> i know it was done in the dark knight show is such a good character too like he is there are a lot of op- there are a lot of options that they can go with in these movies And then, like, maybe you even go from, like, having Catwoman as kind of, like, this anti-hero type. Maybe in the second one, she's a lot more of, like, like a true villain character. Like, in this one, Uh like, in this one, or whatever, and then, like, by the end of it, like, she's just pissed at him. And then in the second one, like, she's much more of, like, a driving villain type. Uh And then, like whoever else you want to go get like mr freeze or bane or like these these other characters to go along with that yeah i think they have the bottom line is they have options that like i would like to see them take Uh uh-huh i agree i I think it all depends on how how do they want to approach this trilogy is it going to be kind of gritty and dark and i I think it's going to be like that for the most part anyways, but are they going to be a little bit more grounded or are they going to have some of these superhero car- villains like Mr. Freeze come in? Or, um, I mean, he's mm-hmm. not so much like he got superpowers from his experiments, but um, like Poison Ivy too. Um, one person I've, I've heard is that they've mentioned is that Two-Face might come in uh, as well. Yeah, which... that's another good... Like, that's, like, my point is, like, there are all these good characters that, like, have gotten some attention, but not necessarily the attention that they deserve. Uh-huh. I, I just hope that, um, it's, because my, my, see, this is my gripe. I, I might go on a little rant right here real quick, but this is my gripe with DC, man, because I, I think DC's trying something. You know, they're, they're trying to be a little bit more experimental with their movies, and their TV shows. And I, I respect that. You know, I respect that they're trying different things. But I don't see the, the connection with any of this. You see what I'm saying? Like, are, and I don't think, as far as I'm aware, that they've ever talked about having a connection with that man or not. Um, and I want to know if, if they're going to do that. Because you you have, like, the Joker that came out last year right yeah that's that was was gonna be my question is like do you mean with that movie like they're trying to make a connection or not well that well that's what i'm getting into like because they have like that's your point i guess is what i mean yeah that is my point is like because you have the joker from last year which was i never saw it personally but everyone loved it everyone thought it was yeah for the most part a great one of the best comic book movies and not even really a comic book movie but it kind of is a comic book movie and it's a it's comic great. book character. Yeah, you have that. 
But then you have this whole other side of it where you have Wonder Woman, Shazam, Aquaman, Black Adam mm-hmm. coming out, The Flash. And it's like, and I, I get that The Flash... Even, yeah, even I would say Suicide, the new is probably within the same universe as like Wonder Woman and Shazam and all that. It just seems exactly. like a much brighter tone. It's a way brighter tone. And I'm just interested to see, I'm like, so is this like you have Joker and Batman? Are they have like they're two completely different like universes, and then you have this other DC universe, which is a much brighter feel, and that's going on over there. Like, are is there any like chance of bringing them together? Because you know, I I don't I don't really see what they're trying to do. I guess when the Flash movie comes out, that's what like I've been hearing is that it's supposed to be Flashpoint. That that's a, that's the movie that they're um, the comic they're basing it on, so they're uh-huh. gonna restart everything from there. So maybe they'll bring in Batman and the Joker. I don't know if they'll bring that Joker in, but they might bring the Batman in there. And <laughs> Let's just give of... Jared Leto. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Jared Leto be gone. I mean, Ben Affleck. Let's, pre- be let's pretend that that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be so many things. It's like this is what happens when you screw up from the start. I mean, oh, pretty much from the start of your of your universe, and try to compete with Marvel, and try to do, like, try to fast track everything, and be like, oh, we're gonna compete with Marvel right now. It's like, no, 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 you gotta go ahead and do it at your own pace because yeah, you can't. You well, can't, I think we, yeah, what I think? think we've even talked about before, even quickly with DC and and with Star Wars where both of them failed tremendously because they didn't come into like the start of it with a very clear plan of where they wanted things to go. Yes. Even if it was just a rough like looking at like Marvel's plan of it of like phase one. This is like this is our f- first starting point. Really how we're gonna start and then we're going to go from there. With all these movies, it just feels like they're so like shambled and there's no cohesiveness to them. And I think a lot of that starts at the like level of it all and not necessarily like the director or producer's faults of all of it. But it starts at like the Warner Bros. executives level and goes down from there. Yeah, to me at least. Yeah, um, Fonzo, what do you think of the whole uh, DC universe and uh, kind of where it's headed? Like, how, how did you see any of the other stuff outside of uh, the Batman trailer? Like, did you see that Flash? Yeah, uh, yeah. The teaser uh, and uh, like, what, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like his new suit. That's that's a quick. Bro, that suit is so trash, bro. Well, okay, the 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 suit itself is whatever, but the 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 head, like the yeah. Mask, it doesn't look good. But in other case, um, kind of like we guys said, you guys, what Will said, um, they didn't know what they were trying to go for, and they were trying to compete with Marvel too fast. And I think, going back to the Batman movie real quick, I think what makes a good Batman, because Batman's not my favorite character, because I disagree with his moral, but like, just for a comic book standpoint, like a Batman fan, I think what makes a good Batman film or comic is like the moral standpoint of him, right? Mm. I think him to like him fighting the two faced Joker Riddler like we know he's gonna beat them right lock him up whatever right but it's like the moral conflict of him wanting to like 
put them away forever and like killing them, I think. And put, I think put them like, away forever in the ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. But like I think, you know, since they're going for a younger take, I hope they explore that more because I want him to mature as time goes on. I don't want him to already have the no kill rule. Like I obviously he's not gonna I hope he doesn't kill in this movie, but like I want him to as time goes on, like maybe ease up a little bit because in the trailer he's like he electrocuted a guy for like five seconds in the head. Like he looked like he wanted <laughs> like straight up. And I like that because showing that he is he is you know he's obviously struggling to like not really hurt these guys. Right. And well he loses control easily. Yeah, yeah, he's losing control. And I hope that, you know, they explore that more with like the morals of Batman and all that. So if they do a good if they do that good, then I think this will uh, be really good. You know so you, you know who's gonna be a, a really important character in this film? Alfred. I believe I, it's Alfred. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis as Alfred. He looks so great. I think that like it does seem like he, they're not they're they're not gonna go for the classic butler look where he's like just, Yeah. He he seems like he's got a little bit of a military background, like just his rugged look to himself. Like I wouldn't be surprised that that's kind of the tape they go on, which I really like. I mean, I know there's different iterations of Alfred, but I like this take on it, especially if they're gonna go a little more rugged. But I really feel that uh Alfred's gonna be kind of he's gonna be looking to, to Bruce Wayne and trying to appeal to him and say like you can't be killing these people. You know, you can't try to you know, you lose control too easily. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he plays a big like a father figure type, you know, in the film for him. Yeah. Kinda of like the vibe that I a little bit get and kinda of what I was saying earlier approaching it as like Batman is a separate character and Bruce Wayne is a separate character. I feel yeah. like it's going to try and be this kind of moral battle of like Alfred is trying to keep him as like Bruce Wayne because uh-huh. that's like he saw him he saw him grow up as Bruce Wayne, right? And so that's all he's ever known. But then I think like with uh Pattinson like he's probably going to play it from the standpoint of like he is as a person starting to truly turn into Batman and so there's going to be that conflict there I think of like you're Bruce Wayne no I'm Batman type of deal going (laughs) on and I think that's where the moral conflict is going to come from more than anything necessarily exploring like the no kill rule so like Am I Batman or am I Bruce Wayne? And then right. there's going to be like the dream plot of like hang on with the Riddler. And I think the Riddler is probably going to like <sighs> present these like challenges uh, the character that it's like it's going to push him more and more into being like the Batman. Yeah, that, that's a good that's a good point. I also heard this is something I, I just remembered that they're saying that there's a chance because if you watch in the first trailer at the very end, Bruce is talking to the Riddler through some sort of like a uh, speaker and Riddler tells him like, um, you know, you're connected to this and, and Batman says like, how so? And, and Riddler says like, you'll see. 
So some people have hinted like or, or like some theories that going around is that it could be the Court of Owls, which mm. I don't know too much about them. I just what I do know is that they're an organization that's been around for since the start of Gotham and they've kind of ran the underground like criminal organization for the past like 300 years or so and they and and his parents Bruce Wayne's parents were heavily involved with them as well so Mm -hmm. if they go down that route which is a very different take than anything we've seen in any other Batman movies I think that'd be awesome because that's fresh I think that's that's fresh yeah that's fun that that brings a lot of like personal um, feelings that Batman's going to have to go through because you know it's his parents and if he finds out that his parents were involved with criminals and and, and these criminal organizations it's going to totally change his view on things and um, yeah it's going to be pumped up man I'm getting like super excited for this and hopefully that's the case because if that if I mean not like it's if if they don't go down that route it's not the end of the world but if they do I think that'd be um very interesting yeah i mean bottom line is they have a lot of options that they can look to within like the comics right yeah and like it's it's kind of hard for me because like a part of me like kind of wants the flashpoint to like make this the like new standard batman within the the dc universe right another part of me kind of wants them to take an approach where it's like kind of two separate universes in some sense Uh and the the kind of example i can point to all these different iterations of like animated batman movies where it's like Uh like tell a story within that and then like kind of do another story as well and just be like these are two separate characters but they're all kind of going on at the same time if yeah. that makes sense no i i see that i mean i i i think that would be um and that might be what dc does at the end of the day but uh um you know that that would be um quite interesting so um Anything else you want to add in, Fonzo, on that? Like, uh, any, any thoughts on the Batman? No, I think we covered it all. That's pretty good. Anything for you, Will? No, I think uh, I think we went over. Okay, we'll re-adjourn so... when uh, the next trailer comes out. <laughs> That's true. Oh, man, I can't wait to go watch that film. Um, okay. This one gets me super excited, man. This comes out in a month and a half. Um... Spider-Man, No Way Home. Um, Alphonse, what, what did you th- uh, what do you think of the trailer, and what and what are your uh, theories and thoughts on it? Before you ask the question, I have you guys real quick. Okay, true. I, I saw a post where it was um, like um, you have to watch two, and the other two get deleted. So it's the four choices are Spider-Man. The new Batman movie that's coming out, The Flashpoint Paradox, or Doctor Strange. So, what are the two movies you guys are watching, and what are the two movies that you guys are getting rid of? Either first, you guys can go first. It doesn't matter. Wait, so wait, say that part. Yeah. Again. What, what was the question? 
So you have to watch two, and then the other two that you don't watch get deleted from, like, they don't get released. So the four choices are Spider-Man No Way Home, the Batman one, the one that we were just talking about, the Flashpoint, or Flash, or the Doctor Strange movie, the Doctor Strange multiverse. Oh, movie. God. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you want to go first? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to say that... Uh... Flash for sure gotta go, and Doctor Strange probably gotta go. Okay, oh, yeah, I, th- I mean, <laughs> we know pretty well, like, I mean, we don't know pretty well, but an idea of what we're getting with the other two, and I think, like, those are gonna offer quite a bit more than the other two. I may be wrong, no, that's, that's my final. That's my final answer, Alex Trebek. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm super excited to see the Spider-Man movie. But there's... God, there's so many theories behind the multiverse of madness um, uh, Doctor Strange movie that it's kind of hard to see what's going on. But if I want to pick uh, the two I want to see and the other two never get released... It would be the Batman I want to see and Doctor Strange I want to see. Really? Okay. Over Spider Man. Yeah. Wow. It, it's it's listen. <laughs> I'm I'm very excited to see the Spider Man movie, and I want to see what happens in that. But I just think the Doctor Strange one, like to me, and maybe it's just this is just me, but it's supposed to be a little scary too, and I think that's kind of sounds kind of fun. And especially if you've been watching like the Loki TV show, and um, and um, one division, uh, but also what if, like those, there's a lot of talks about those shows having a connection with Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness, and um, there's even some rumors going around, like like heavy rumors about uh, Professor X coming in and like playing a part in that movie like it's we have a lot yeah more i think out of well, i think out of all of them like doctor strange has like the most potential to go in a lot of directions but a part of yeah. that is just because we haven't seen a trailer <laughs> and once you do see a trailer like you kind of get an idea of like at least somewhat like with this box of like what they've shown but i think like the others like we've gotten a glimpse of it and you go like okay a slim idea of what we're getting into yeah that's true though that's the thing is like we it's hard to say right now where you know how to feel about the doctor strange film because we have no trailer we have not many not much information on it but if if some of those information is true and some of the stuff I've heard about, then yeah, I I I, I gotta see that Doctor Strange film, man. Like, there's no way to see that film. <laughs> like, that looks mm. super good. So, um, yeah. Um, All right. So the Spider Man. So, Fonzo, what do you think of the Spider Man trailer and uh, your hopes for uh, and maybe predictions and theories on it? Um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think most of us can safely assume that Toby and Andrew 
movie. At least that's what I think. I mean, oh, I, I don't think he's coming in at all. <laughs> just oh, kidding. <laughs> no, but like I've heard theories that like Tom Holland is like Toby and Andrew aren't going to be in the movie, but he's living like he's um he's like in their universe though, and they think it they think it's their Spider Man, right? Like they're he's living their lives. I've heard that theory. That's why Doc Ock is like Hi Peter and all that. Like you could be talking to him. Um, I've, you know, I mean. All the theories that I have are just Toby and Andrew in it. That's like that's like my main thing. Even though there's like no confirmation yet, but like there is kind of. But I mean, yeah. I'm just really excited for the movie. There's not really anything I can say about the trailer that I have a problem with. Um, I've heard that this is like the conclusion to Tom Holland's trilogy, and it's like the end game for Spider-Man. So I, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be epic. It's going to be a good time, and hopefully, has a decently long runtime. I- on like two hours or something like that. I hope it's like two and a half hours to three hours, if even that. So, I mean, for the most part, I think it looks awesome. Um, yeah, there's nothing problem with. Looks good. Yeah, I think thing tells me that Maguire and Garfield are going to be in it. It's, so we know with the bridge scene, right, where Dr. Octopus shows up, we know that it's at least Dr. Octopus and Green Goblin there. Right, yeah. Because, like, we actually see Dr. Octopus and then we see the the Goblin Bomb, right? So we yeah. know that there's at least two of them there. And then there's, like, it's basically confirmed that, like, all these other supervillains are in it. And I don't know how they would approach having just Spider-Man fight all these supervillains. Right, right. And so, like, I th- think at minimum, like, he has to have one. And the feeling I get is, like, obviously Doctor Strange is in it, but I think that Doctor Strange is, like, gonna, like, help screw everything up, right? Like, we've seen, like, how it all starts, basically. But then I think right after that, he's gonna kind of, like, have to go away and try and fix everything. And he's just going to leave Peter and the other Spider-Mans to, like, go and basically fix the situation. If that mm-hmm. makes... Not fix fi- not fix the situation, but, like, go and deal with all, like, the craziness that's going on and fight these supervillains. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Doctor Strange, um, like, it's not actually him because of how easily he said yes to the spell. Because Doctor Strange's whole thing is, like, we have to protect our timeline... And our universe and whatever, and then like he just kind of was like, okay, yeah, we can we can just cast a spell on the entire world. Uh, just forget your name. Like I thought that was pretty easy for him. Just be like, oh yeah, sure. Like, yeah, but I saw, but I saw like I, a breakdown on that too. And someone was saying like, a lot of people are saying that, but like people have to understand too that like ever since Doctor Strange has been introduced in the MCU, he almost like never listens to his own advice. Like yeah, I mean always, when you like, think about like. <laughs> When he was training in uh, Shangri-La or whatever, like, with the Eye of uh, Agamotto, <laughs> like, he just straight up is told, like, no, don't touch that, and then immediately goes and takes, like, they're, like, he's basically told, like, you're going to screw everything up if you touch this, and what does he go and do? He goes and takes it and, like, screws everything up. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be so a I, reason. Yeah, oh, I think, like, 
it's it's been shown that like his character is very open to just like excusing the rules and being like oh let's see what happens (laughs) yeah if that makes sense like kind of deal with all of it yeah i mean i'm I'm sure that there's a he decides to like just either because he feels like spider-man needs to mature (laughs) like grow up and like and and handle his own problems because in the trailer he says like i forgot exactly what he says but he he kind of criticizes spider-man about living two separate lives and how that's kind of like um he's trying to like handle both situations differently and it's just i think dr strange might be trying to mentor him in a different way than um maybe tony stark would have but i i i got a feeling though that um because i have a little theory now it's my turn for a theory, Will. Um, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I, 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 I have a feeling, and this is just a gut feeling. There's no rumors or information based off this, but um, there's. I have a feeling that Spider-Man somehow will not be the, Tom Holland Spider-Man. Um will not be either in this universe anymore or he gets sucked into the Sony universe somehow. Because I just think that, especially when they're saying that this is a Avengers Endgame version of Spider-Man, like the Spider-Man Endgame, mm-hmm. I just think that um, there's a chance that... Because the whole thing is with, with uh, the Sony and Marvel agreement is that they want to have Spider-Man... Uh, go against Venom. Hey, wait, that, did that. you see the new Venom movie? I never saw it. Did, did you see you it? Post credit scene. Yes, I, I know about the post credit scene. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know that in the end of Venom and two. I don't know if you know this will, but at the end of Venom two, post credit scene. Uh, spoiler alert, but I don't care. Uh, is That's that fine. Um, Venom is sitting at a hotel somewhere like a beach club hotel like escaping after he defeated carnage killed him and all of a sudden the like the whole room starts shaking and he transfers to a different hotel and he looks on the screen and he sees uh tom holland on the screen hmm. and it says like like and it shows jay jonas and jameson as well and um talking about like it it, it it shows him at the scene right when he gets revealed that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Okay. So, um, which I think is really cool because another part of my thinking is that I think um, Venom will show up in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I think I he's going to show up in, in Spider-Man. He, yeah, everyone talks about like Sony wanting to take Spider-Man and like having it as their own property and doing like their own movies and taking all the money. But like, when you really think about the business side of it, like why would you do that when you can just have Marvel make the movies and you just, (laughs) you just rake in the money. And then like, it's probably going to make more money because you have the option of having all these other characters along in there, as opposed to it just being Spider-Man and Venom in there. Yeah. It's true. I mean, that's 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 what I was thinking too when they did this agreement. I'm like, please, because Sony does not make great movies. I mean, I was no. not a big fan of the first Venom, and I heard the second Venom 
people were saying, if you don't like the first Venom, you're definitely not going to like this one. So I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so I just knew that I was not going to like the second one as well. And, you know, they have this whole, like, I don't know if you know this, Will Alfonso, but they have like this whole list of films set up for like a giant spider verse where it's going to be like, there's like the Morbius, the living vampire film. There's obviously like, they want to work in a Venom three film. Um, they, they're trying to get a um, Silk film, which is like a female huh. yeah. spider. Yeah, you know. So um, then there's also they're trying to do a Madam Web spider uh, uh, film, and I'm just like, what is up with all this Spider-Man stuff? Like, I, I get it, it's cool, but it's kind of like let Marvel do its thing. Yeah, you know, because well, it, part of the know, problem you, too yeah. is that like Marvel and Disney owns a lot of the rights to other characters that I yeah. think would play like a big part in a lot of these movies. And so I yeah. think in some ways it's like, you're kind of still forced, even though like you hold Spider-Man and you kind of hold the upper hand in the situation, like you're kind of still forced to at least want to work with Marvel because they have like all these other properties that will work really well with like, the properties that you have yeah i see here's the only bright side to all of this i see with with spider-man and um sony working this together if if sony does get spider-man from marvel and they keep tom holland and they use him in these films i think the bright side to that is that we get to flesh out more about spider-man not yeah. just about the MCU. It's like this is now about Spider-Man. We get to know more about him and 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 the different characters involved. And I think that's kind of cool and it could be even really cool if they they do a crossover event again down the road where Tom Holland goes back into the MCU for a film and he's has to help out with something like that's that's cool to me like that's a that's a pretty cool idea it just i don't trust sony executing well Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like i don't really trust them executing a good spider-man versus venom movie i don't trust them executing another three or four spider-verse films you know what i mean like Uh i just don't know like I, i i their track record sucks I mean, you look at Amazing Spider-Man, that was the last Spider-Man movie that they made. Sorry, Fonz, but he was terrible. But... Yeah, it wasn't very, very good. <laughs> I mean... You know, I think, like, to that point of, like, say Sony did kind of, like, if Marvel and Sony agreed, like, okay, you're going to take Spider-Man and build out, like, the Spider-Verse, but later on, like, we're going to have a crossover. Like, it's kind of, like say they get together and like, okay, this is the plan, but in like five to 10 years for now, we're going to call and we're going to want this crossover. Like you got to be okay to deal with that. Like, I think that could happen. And I think people also got to realize like (laughs) you want an X-Men or X-Men movies, or you want fantastic four, or you want like all these other like superhero iterations, like, it's a lot for Marvel to do all of these properties. Like, no doubt they can, but, like, 
if you want all these things to happen within like the coming years, it's kind of got to be like spread around, I think a little bit better. Uh-huh. And, and so I think that kind of an agreement would kind of benefit everyone because it would allow Marvel to like ease up a little bit and be like, okay, now we can truly focus on like, we're going to flesh out the X-Men. We're going to flesh out fantastic four and uh-huh. like all these other characters that we do have. And then like, when they do finally decide to climax all these next phases that they're going to do, having, you know, Galactus come in and mess stuff up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that's where I'm saying it's going. Like, yeah, I don't know how you can uh, top the scale of Endgame without doing basically Galactus. Like, I don't think any other character is going to be big enough, literally, and... Uh, figuratively for all of that buildup. Yeah, I agree. Like, this is going to be a whole other podcast, but like, yeah, it's one of those kind of things like when they eventually do Galactus. Now, Galactus might not even be the villain of this next couple phases because they might introduce, you know, I mean, obviously Kang right now is the villain. So mm-hmm. we know he's there. We know also that there's a good chance Dr. Doom might appear. In mm-hmm. the next couple, you know, three, four, five years or so, um, so those are already two big time villains that can they can flesh out for some tier. I mean, you really think for about sure. it. Thanos was introduced in Avengers, uh, the first one, mm-hmm. and that took seven years for them to finally flesh him out fully. Yeah, like from his introduction that's my point is like i don't think kane or dr doom like they're for sure some of the biggest villains in like marvel comics but i think after witnessing like the scale of what these first phases were building up to thanos and infinity war and endgame like i don't think that they would be enough to like truly build up like, it, it's just tough because, like, personally, I feel like Doctor Doom is a bigger villain than Kang. Yeah, I believe. I, I agree. And just we've seen iterations of Doctor Doom where I just, like, I don't know how you can do it in the story and, like, make it a big enough deal that everyone is, like, that it requires... <laughs> That it requires, like, the full power of the Avengers to, like, go up against that. Yeah. I mean, they'll find a way. I mean, that that's for sure. Like, we have our thoughts on it, but knowing uh-huh. Marvel, they're going to find a way to flesh it out as long as possible because, at the end of the day, it just means more money. I yeah. mean, they're going to be like, we're going to flesh this thing out. We're going to milk this cow till it dies. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so... they're gonna um it's it's gonna be interesting what they do but um so i i i i really hope that they just don't because i'm excited that with like the movie in turtles and like the new spider-man stuff that Uh they're starting to get a little wonkier they're starting to get a little bit crazier but they're also getting a little bit more um from what i heard like the eternal movies a little bit more like it doesn't feel like a Marvel movie. It just kind yeah. of feels like its own thing, which is cool because Marvel has been criticized so much for being kind of cookie cutter, kind of, um, mm-hmm. oh, they all have that same feel, which 
is very true. So if they can start branching out where they have their own, you know, more movies are kind of their own take on things and it feels different, then it's going to keep it fresh and people are going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is fun. You know, this is this is good. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But um, anything you wanted to say, Fonzo, about uh, what we were talking about or uh, Spider-Man? Uh, I think you guys are uh, thoroughly explaining all the all the all the stuff. So hey, it's all good. Okay, well, I am actually going to have to get going because <laughs> I am actually super hungry. So uh, <laughs> and it's dinner right now. So um, we'll leave that last part for another day. We'll head on. We'll talk about that last topic another day. And um, but. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Fonz. It's always great to have you on, and uh, maybe we'll have you on another time with uh, maybe Ethan or Peyton or uh, another guy too. And obviously, Will, thank you for coming on as well. My, uh, of course, you know, couldn't do this without you. Except I could. But I mean, I, I mean, I really you could do. actually, but I just uh, you do <laughs> most of it. I just come on and like shoot the yeah, breeze. You're Sony at Marvel. I give <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna be here to I'm gonna be here to collect all the money when uh, we start getting successful. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. you're doing all you're doing all the work. I'll just collect a check. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. thanks guys for coming on, and uh, I'll talk to you guys later. See you guys. All right. Shoot. Thanks for listening to the Two Stools podcast. We hope you enjoyed, and if you did. Please give a follow and keep your notifications on for new episodes. Take care.